if you listen to yourself and you know something and you do have a spark to make something, trust your gut because you're going to be right. And those other people are going to be wrong. Hey, everybody. We just wanted to, you know, say hi to what we hope is now eight listeners. I think we've progressed from seven to eight. I think maybe so we'll still I think we're still on track for 10 by the end of the year. I would hope so. I mean, we have a couple of months to get there. We have high hopes. Hi. And the good news is about our, you know, reaching our goal of 10 listeners is that you can hear us on a whole bunch of different places, which we're really excited about because we first started, we were on iTunes, we were on SoundCloud, but now we are on many, many things. Oh, my God. We're on, all right, I got a list. We have a, uh, the Medium page has a whole list, so I'm just going to read it off. That's why it's going to be all shitty. Apple Podcasts, which could be iTunes, depending on how you listen to it. Blueberry, B-R-R-Y. Google Play Music, which uh, I guess is the Android platform. iHeartRadio. Uh, Podbay. SoundCloud. Spotify. Woo! <laughs> yeah! That's the new one. We uh, made it. We made it. We made it to big, big time. time. Uh, Stitcher and TuneIn. And I'm going to be perfectly honest because Hops is our tech genius. I only know what about four of those are. <laughs> <laughs> and I am totally fine with that. I assume but it's Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify. I, you would assume correct. Yes. The other <laughs> so. ones, I didn't even know about the other ones either. And I was just like looking into them and I was like, all right. One of them, you have to submit your own shit to it. And I went to it to look for us and it was already on there. I just How had to claim it. I, was like, I don't know. One of the seven of you oh. put us on there. So thanks. thank you. Thanks for that. Thank um, you. And I claim that shit. We appreciate it. So we are, we're good to go. Yes. But we think, you know, that probably the, the most common place that people are going to listen to us is Spotify because I, that, goes across iPhones and Android phones and so please you know check us out on there we will be releasing our 12th episode this week so that's a full dozen that's a lot well this is our 12th episode oh yep it is <laughs> I'm not the best at counting no but, but this is the intro for that episode oh that's right yeah okay so this <laughs> is that 12th this episode. is the dozen we did it Woo! we're just gonna have like mini parties the for does. every single one the next one's gonna be the baker's dozen See, so we're we're on a bunch of we well we're on a bunch of different things. You can listen to us in a lot of places. You can listen to us on the go in the car while you're at work, uh, right before you're going to a show, right after you've gone to a show, maybe while you're in the bathroom. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere on many things. Yeah. Tell your we're friends stuck. who don't know what podcasts are. They're on Spotify. It'll just make it easier for them. Yeah, because if you tell one person, and then maybe they'll like it. And then maybe they'll tell another person. Maybe we'll hit 10 by the end of the maybe, year. Maybe. Maybe. And that is our goal. 10, <laughs> 10 listeners. And yeah. And then we're going to have a party. We have a party every day. Yeah. High yeah. five. High five. Woo. All right. So that brings us to who we talked to today. Uh, that was a nice little segue. High five segue. Uh, today, um, a friend of mine from Philly, or actually from high school, came up and she was she graced us with her presence and her name is Amanda Damron. She was the lead singer in a band called Gang and they're from Philadelphia and they are very fun, very entertaining. 
So she came up to kind of talk to us about that, but also what her inspirations were in starting that band and how she came into the industry and what she's all about and what she believes and what she loves and yeah about music and all sorts of stuff yeah so here's our chat with uh madam gang yeah the goddess of gang goddess gang Yeah, so like what are you up to these days? Because you do everything. No, I do like all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, mostly I'm an actor, so I do short films, commercials, uh, audition for stuff all the time. Yeah. And I want to still do music, but right now I haven't been. The last thing I did for music was while writing my short film, Nasty Woman, and then our band, recorded that song you know what the band's called but like what's... the band is called gang yeah g-a-n-g <laughs> don't just google gang i tried oh yeah you gang might the get. band yeah. <laughs> you have to google gang the band otherwise you probably won't find it um it's in talks for a movie that is coming out of la but i'm not sure a production company just emailed us and was like we want this song but we also want some other songs so we had to give them some discography and then we're talking to them about what's actually going to happen. That's so, we'll so fun. I know. I know. And I love I, it. I'd like to, for me, and I'm going to, you know, like back up way. I, we've known each other yes. on and off for high school, high school. Yeah. Since high school. Yeah, Cause so you that were be, in, busy. I came to Methacton. Okay. Yeah. It was in visitation. Yeah. And then, so like quite some time and it's just fun to me to like, cause you've always been very expressive and fun and it's oh like gosh. yeah cool. and it's fun for me to just you know i have <laughs> <Not> kidding. <laughs> this is your life. wow i had no idea no, I'm kidding. no but I, it's no, fun it's for been me 20 to, years yeah it's fun for me to see you doing it and like doing all these things and being successful at them and having fun with them and getting your word out there and just like you know i remember when i first heard of gang and i was like what are what is this what is this what is, what, what is happening what is going on but it it was so fun and i remember seeing you guys up in brooklyn somewhere i think and you came to it was the north six one europa or was Warsaw? it europa one of the polish ones was it a big place or a small place smaller it wasn't it, was it definitely wasn't Warsaw, because the first time I went there was with you. Yeah. Um, this summer, this past summer, so probably Europa, probably. Yeah. We used to play there a lot because the guy that books those shows was a friend, or I became friends with him because my roommate from FIT worked with him somehow, and then through the years we stayed friends. And then when Gang started happening. He was the first one. Of, no, he wasn't the first New York booker to book us, but he was like one of the first people who were like our friend and he always helped us. He got us on a lot of cool shows like we. Nice. Um, well, this one got canceled, but we were supposed to open for um, Naughty by Nature. What? <laughs> that was so awesome. I know it was that was supposed to be at the Masonic Temple. That place is cool. Yeah. I was so excited about that. And then not enough pre-sale tickets happened, so they couldn't guarantee to pay Naughty by Nature what they needed, so they canceled it. That sucks. That sucks. (laughs) But there was other... You you did a lot of other things. He booked us on so many shows throughout the year, so that guy's name is Robert Johnson. He is the... (laughs) 
I guess CEO of Scenic Presents. They do a lot of shows in New York. So if you listen, Bob, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for giving us a life in New York. Yeah. (laughs) And talk to us, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to you, Bob. (laughs) Bob should come on this podcast. Yeah. This guy has booked shows for like at least 15 years. Oh, yeah, definitely. New York. So he should be on the podcast. (laughs) I'll have him. I'll get in contact. You get your you people, you so and then good. have the call. Oh, people. It's me, it's me, and people. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm my people, so yeah. <laughs> that works out good. Yeah. So, yeah. How, so, what got you? So, we talked about your your acting, your pursuing acting, and some movies you're in. But what got, what about music drew drew you in? Mm, that's a good question. I was thinking about that on the way here because I've never really like thought about it that much. I just do things really without thinking about them ever. So I don't really know like the reasons of why I did anything ever. <laughs> so I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, th- uh, I guess I always loved it so much as we all do. <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever I meet somebody who's like not, who's not really into music, I'm just like, they just well, didn't like? find their music. Then. Exactly. I'm like, well, what, so what do you, and if you're not into it, what do you like? And then maybe there is a, genre that would be suitable for you it's just bizarre to me for somebody be like oh I don't really like music I'm like oh okay I mean that's fine but weird yeah I wonder what it is for them though I mean everyone's got to have something yeah maybe it's movies maybe 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 they just like other stuff more and they're like I don't want to devote time to like finding sorting through like a million different kinds of music maybe it's books maybe it's books maybe it is books See, when I read books, I listen to music, too. So I'm like one of those (laughs) people that's always just kind of in the background. And I think that's what sparked a lot of this idea was we wanted to know what it was for other people that got them excited and what they liked and how they discovered it. And, you know, since you pursued music as, you know, a career and like, where did that come from? Um... Well, the first show I ever saw, and I put this in the email that I sent you, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Live. I was probably five years old. My parents (laughs) took me and probably my brothers to the Spectrum in Philly, which is now, has been, um, what's it called when the wrecking ball comes in? Uh, Destroyed. Yeah. Wait. (laughs) That's it. That's the word. Demolished? Yeah, demolished. I think they imploded it. No, that's it. It imploded. That's right. It was imploded. That's correct. (laughs) So it was imploded. Um, But before that happened, (laughs) I got to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles perform, and it blew my mind. Was it on ice? No. It was like a show. Like, they were a band, uh, like... Raphael was a rapper. <laughs> April, so April O'Neil came out and she was like a pop star in her yellow vinyl outfit. And I remember watching her like, I think when I was like really little, I was like something in my little tiny soul, like recognized something in that. Yeah. And maybe that's where it started. Cause I always think about that show and being like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I felt <laughs> like kindred. Yeah. And I think as I get, got older and older and I would go to NSYNC shows all the time with Jacqueline. Jacqueline, who I keep referencing, is the other singer of my band gang. And she's been my best friend since high school. Yeah. Um, and she and I would go see NSYNC and Britney Spears. I think we went like five times. Nice. And some, and I would watch them too. And I would be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Even though I didn't at the time, I knew I did. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know when you see, yeah, yeah. see something and you're like, oh, yeah, that's 
I, I, there was a reflect. It's like when you say namaste, like the light and teacher in me sees and honors the light and teacher in you. <laughs> yeah. I would feel that when I looked at like when I went to shows, I was like, oh, that's me. And yeah, so yeah. like eventually like high school happened and everybody is like crazy in high school. So in high school, all I did was like party and go to the uh, parties. <laughs> and that's it. I was not creative very much outside of like friend, like yeah, hanging out with friends yeah. and you know, yeah. Amber like had so many parties. Yeah, that Amber was like my parties. high school life going yeah. to Amber's parties. Yep. So I like other things could wait because that was very important at the time. It was. And I think when I moved here or when I, oh, sorry, when I moved to New York, um, that's when I started thinking. I would go to see shows all the time. I didn't go to that many shows in high school other yeah. than like pop stars. But when I came here, it was my roommate, Allie, that like really turned me on to like all these other kinds of music because I was coming from like Philly and we like rap in Philly. We yep. like rap and pop stars. I didn't know any indie music. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know any alternative music. And these guys, my new friends from FIT, they were super, like, alternative, indie, mm-hmm. everything. And I was like, what's this? And, like, I went to a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah show once with them. And I was like, oh. I was like, this is what I do. Even though I still didn't do it. I was like, I do that. I do that. And so I thought of this band, Gang. It came, I don't know why my band was called Gang. It All of a sudden, one day, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band. It's called Gang. Jacqueline's in the band. I spoke that out loud for a good, like, three years until, like, I even tried to do anything. <laughs> I just told people. And then one it time... It sounds like when we started this project. <laughs> well, I think exactly that's how like, all projects yeah. start, though. Because the same thing happened for me with acting. I was like, I do that. I'm an actor. And then I went and, like, got training and started working. But I think that's how most, like, yeah. creative things start with, like, just a little spark of something. Yeah. So, like, everything yeah. starts with a spark. And then if you believe in things, like manifestation and like creating your own opportunities and careers they all like those kind of thing you know basically ask believe receive like I want to do this I believe I do it and now I will receive the thing to Mm -hmm. do (laughs) and so that's how I just always operated and it always worked and so Jacqueline had an apartment in Philly when I was living in New York she lived in Maniunk and Mm -hmm. she lived in this place that had a huge thing of rat poison in it. And I would always be like, why do you have rat poison? That's so fucked up. And um, she just started like coming out with this rap one day. Rat poison. It comes from the center of the earth. When you're digging in a hole, you're digging down, down, down to China. This song just came out. That is how the song goes. It is our first song called Rat Poison. Jacqueline just came out with that, and I just, we just started like improving the strange ass song. And then for some reason, we remembered that song the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And we kept singing it. And once we got together with her, at the time, her sister was engaged to Tim Sonnefeld, who was a, he's a, session musician he is a record producer and he was in a whole lot of bands and they had a home studio and at that time those two lived together and they would make beats and stuff and so I was like let's sing this song for them and see if they want to like make a beat 
And Jacqueline's like, uh, whatever, okay. <laughs> so I like show up to their house and I start screaming the song. They don't, the, at this time, those people didn't even know me that well. Ja- Nicole, Jacqueline's sister, was like her older, cool sister. And she was always way too cool for us in high school. Like, I never got to know her at that time. She was, she used to live in New York and she was very cool. And she, you know, bartended at uh, the Continental and was just, too cool for us. And so when I came into their house screaming the song, they were just like, <laughs> what? what is her crazy friend doing? But they were like, wait, we, we like this. Let's like work on something. And so they t- together like made this beat. And I was like, well, I do have this other song because I was in this um, uh, this musical that was a, a production of Grease, but it was like an all this production of Grease was really about a, we played characters of these girls in high school and it was about the girls putting on a production of Grease so it wasn't Grease it was these girls doing Grease and so I was Eugene the loser <laughs> and um oh I love that so much but we got <laughs> shut down by Samuel French the uh company who owned the rights to Grease because they said that you can't have fem- women playing male roles so really? all those girls that you have playing guys, not allowed. So they came and they slapped us with a cease and desist. And that cease and desist said that if we continued on with this production, not only would the theater company and the producers be liable for being able to be sued, but so would all the actors. <clears throat> so would the designers. So would all these people that worked on it. That's awful. So we had to close. But, in two, but then we had a whole month. This company was going to lose a ton of money. So they were like, we have to come up with a new show. So we took two days off, and together the whole entire ensemble created a parody of that, the whole situation, and we called it <laughs> Grease and Desist. And so Eugene became Marvin. Um, the, all the characters became, like, you know, Sandy became, like, I don't know, Mandy. Like, everybody's name shifted a little yeah. bit. And so I wrote a song called Past, Present, P- Future, PPF. And it was about this character. So Eugene became Marvin, which is a character that I later developed as, like, for Cabaret. But he's this, like, weird kid. He's, like, 17. He's kind of asexual or maybe really unsure of who he is. And he is so awkward. And he was obsessed with working at NASA. And so I wrote this song (laughs) from Marvin's perspective about wanting the job at NASA, getting the job at NASA, and then the third chorus is like retirement after NASA where he sits at home and eats a potato chip on the recliner. So that song, like the chorus goes like space is where I'll be space is where I'll be. And then the next chorus is space is where I am space is where I am. And then the next one is space is where I used to be. He's like really unhappy because he's not in space anymore. So that it kind of, it's a Debbie Downer song. He, it ends on a sad note because he wants to go back to NASA. So anyway, I had that and I was like, guys, can we do this too? And so at the time I was playing guitar a little bit and I wrote it on guitar. And so I recorded it, but I'm not a good guitar player. So Tim had to fix it. And then, so we made these two songs and then Nicole, Jacqueline's older sister, she was just out of film school and she was like, Oh, I want to make a music video. We're going to just like walk around and get all this footage all over like Philadelphia and the suburbs. So we went everywhere and we found a shopping cart and I just drove Jacqueline around in the shopping cart for the video. And 
we went to all these locations and we made up some really basic choreography and we made shirts that were like black three quarter length and we put letters on them and the front it said gang and on the back <laughs> the letter said rat poison and we would like turn around and do some choreography so you could see the name and it was <laughs> really silly and we put it on MySpace so this was like right when MySpace became popular and so we made a band page and we had taken photos with Nicole too because she is a very incredible photographer she's she's just so cool (laughs) and so she had these so cool ideas and so we like went outside and did all these like fun outfits and pictures so we had photos we had a video and two dope ass weird songs and it made for a very nice profile page online and so we put it up and that was right when I got out of college and I didn't I don't think I had a job or anything I think I was in a play and like I had days free and nights I was Mm -hmm. doing that. But so during the day I would go on MySpace and add every single (laughs) Tim, John and Joe that are on the planet and like people that I knew through other people or people that I knew. I did not know that many people in any scene at that point when I was like 23. I knew some theater people in Philly. I knew some music people, not really. And I knew my friends from school at FIT and some random actors. And I just like started adding people and writing messages and saying like, Hey, new band, Philly, blah, blah, blah. And with, and I sat there and did it all day. And I specifically wrote things to people that were like, I didn't send anything mass. I like had the time. So I personalized every single message I ever sent. And like, we just started getting like popular on the internet and started getting like show requests. And we were like shows. How will we play a show? We didn't even know. We just put it on the internet. We didn't know that we were supposed to have a band and play shows. We were just, at the time, we thought we were like two rappers who had beat a production team that made beats. We didn't know. And so um, we were like, well, we got to play a show. They're asking us to play shows. And then this, oh, well, then um, this band, Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, remember Mm -hmm. them? Oh, yeah, yeah. So they... The singer's wife is a friend of mine. Her and I were doing... She was in that production of Grease and Desist of mine. Ah, nice. (laughs) And so they were doing... That theater company, Brat Productions, I think they're not around anymore, so RIP if they're not. But Brat uh, was having a really big fundraiser, and they were having Clap Your Hands Say Yeah headline the fundraiser, but they were like, do you want to open for Clap Your Hands Say Yeah? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah! Okay, it was like our first show, and um, we didn't. We were like, "Well, we have to figure out how the hell to play. How will we play?" And then we were sitting around with, luckily, Nicole and Tim. Oh no, we weren't sitting around. I got a phone call from Nicole that was like, "Oh, we've decided to join your band. I'm gonna play bass, and Tim is gonna play drums." I was like, "You've decided? That's wonderful!" Because we had like no idea how we were gonna do this. That, okay, I'm so happy you decided that. <laughs> and Jacqueline's just rolling along like, I forced her to be in this band. So she, the whole time, she's just like, what? What is happening here? Because I don't think she had any, like, aspirations. But she certainly loved music. Like, yeah. I learned, like, cool music from her and her sister. Yeah. So she was, like, into it. And then, so we started rehearsing at their mom's house, which was in... Worcester, oh, PA. Yeah. It's where near our high school. Yeah. And we Tim brought his drums, Nicole brought her bass. I don't even think I had a microphone. And we just played and rehearsed and rehearsed for like three times a week for a month or two. And we 
we're like, well, we're going to play the show. We have to have some more songs. We can't play two songs. So <laughs> we wrote another song called Navigator. We wrote that one all together. That was really difficult, I remember. <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried to write a song from nothing with, like, four people just sitting there, but it's really hard. Doing anything no. from nothing with that many yeah. people it always is, is. is painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, pain, it's almost painful. It's like, you know, somebody, for two hours, you have no ideas, and you're just sitting there like, uh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we made this song, Navigator, that the chorus goes... Fuck fried chicken, this is G-A-N-G. Fuck television, this is G-A-N-G. Fuck nonfiction, this is G-A-N-G. Fuck it, just listen, we are G-A-N-G. And then one of the parts, a pre-chorus to that song that like people liked is we would scream, we don't need permission to fuck shit up. <laughs> that was so funny. And now I like I remind myself of that line all the time because like, you yeah. know, you go through your life and you're always like, especially if you were in the gig life like me you're like constantly seeking approval like are you gonna hire me do you like me does this person like me and it's like i don't need permission remember those words (laughs) we don't need permission to fuck shit up so anyway i wrote that song and then we wrote another song called dance party that's like just a fun like dance song that was easy to write and (laughs) then we did a cover of this b52 song called dance this mess around And that was our five songs that we started playing shows with. And we only had two goals ever when we were doing those rehearsals. And the goals were we want to open for the B-52s. We we based our band around them because our we I when I I, I sing like really high sometimes in Mm -hmm. like operatic style. I'm using air quotes because I'm not an opera trained singer, but (laughs) 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 that kind of stuff. Those things would like get thrown into these songs while we're screaming at the same time. And it just reminded us and some others of the B-52. So we were like, that's our goal. we got to open for them. And then we had another goal that we wanted to open for Peaches because she was, like, really popping at that time. And she was, like, so awesome. She's just fierce fucking bitch. And we were like, yeah, we're fierce fucking bitches, too. (laughs) (laughs) But we were just, like, we weren't. We were just sitting in our parents' basement, like, we're fierce fucking bitches, too. (laughs) But, like, we we figured out how to do it. And so that we rehearsed and Tim, like, he was the guy that, he is a professional studio guy, so he really was the one who made these songs sound amazing and he was like the music director so when we would have rehearsals he would like teach us like how to make things awesome and um we just had so much fun and because it was like the band consists of me my best friend my best friend's sister and my best friend's fiance we all had these like interpersonal relationships and it was a fun time so we would be like getting together and like exploding with fun so the shows were fun and we had so much fun making videos and doing photo shoots and um it was all so easy we never had to try it was it just came out so I think it was like like doing things from your soul in community with other people out of love and joy is like the best thing on the planet. I think that's what like human beings are here to do. So I feel so grateful that I had like a good 10 years of doing that with those people. So lucky. I was sad when we weren't playing shows when Tim moved. I was so sad. I like had my whole identity like wrapped up in that band. I was like, who am I if I'm not the singer of gang? I was like, well, I still am the singer of gang. But, you know, you get all, we never like said we broke up or anything. I guess we technically didn't break up, but we just kind of stopped. And I was so sad for like two years. I couldn't like, 
I guess I didn't ever have closure with it. But now I feel okay because, like, I wrote a cool film and they still worked on it. And I think through the years we'll still um, make stuff together. But playing show, we got to play some awesome shows with bands that we, like, love so much. Did you ever get to check off the B-52s and uh, Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we played with them. (laughs) So we, so yeah. So these goals, I guess I'm like, I'm not filling in. There's probably some blanks that when I'm saying I didn't fill in. So those were our only two goals and they, they came to us and they came to us. Like we didn't really try that hard to have these goals happen, which was fucking nuts. How does that work? I, but we, we had like built up some. You know, we when we first started playing the shows, it was, like, all from MySpace. And then, like, once I, like, would sit there and, like, add all these people and message all these people, then we would reach out and this. And the network just kept growing. And from this person, you meet this person. And then we would start playing shows. And then we would – I was always very interested in the business side of things. So I didn't want us to ever have, like, a manager or anything because I truly enjoyed talking to all the booking agents, to meeting the sound Mm -hmm. people at all the venues. A lot of them were venues that we would play at more than once in any of the cities we ever played in. We always went back. And so I got to know people. Like, I had, like, music people in Baltimore, music people in so many in New York, so many in Philly, mainly just East Coast stuff. But, like, I love doing that. And so... um, I think people liked that, like, I actually cared about them as a person because I would see, like, a lot of other bands, like, not give a shit about that and, like, not be that nice to, like, bookers Mm -hmm. or people that work at venues. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like, we met a lot of assholes along the way. (laughs) There were a lot of assholes in bands. A lot of assholes in bands. um, But, like, also a lot of wonderful people. But... Ultimately, we just kept little taking these little steps up a ladder. And I think in Philly, we got relatively kind of popular for a local level. And when Peaches, the Peaches tour came, Amanda Blank was on that tour. She was from Philly and she's a Mm -hmm. rapper. And she played her band that would play with her was in this band, The Death Set, that I want to talk about, too, because I love them so much. But we uh, played. We did a little mini tour with a band from Brazil called Banja de Role. It's actually spelled B O N D E space D O space R O L E, and they were they're like a mad. They were on the Mad Decent label, Diplo's label, mm-hmm. and we met them through. They were spending a lot of time in Philly for a while because before. Diplo's name is Wes. Before Wes had moved to L.A., where he lives now, he was in Philly, and he was, like, really doing a lot of awesome stuff in Philly, and he would bring talent that he would find to Philly. Like, M.I.A., she got her um, whole start in Philly because he somehow met her through somebody in London, and he started dating her, and she came to Philly, and she was in Philly for, like, a few months, and that's where they produced her first... I think it was an EP or maybe it became an album. I don't remember. But she would play. They used to have these shows called Holotronics. Mm-hmm. It was like a big, huge. Do you remember them? Like, I don't think so, no. They would be like once a month. It would be like $5. And you would go to the Ukrainian club and it would be like Diplo and Low Budget. This guy, Mike. They would DJ together. Dirty South Joe. And like Maya, MIA. She would just play these shows and it would be mm-hmm. $5. And all these like Philly people came up that way. And 
going to those parties and stuff, you just meet everybody. So this band, Banjo de Role, they are from <laughs> Brazil. They came mm. and they were staying in Philly for a long time. And we got connected to them through MySpace and they had us come on tour with them. But also on the tour was this band, The Death Set, that I just love so much. They are a Brooklyn band, but two of the guys were from Australia, mm-hmm. Dan and Johnny Sierra. And they, if I don't know if you guys ever were familiar with the bar, The Flat, that was in Brooklyn, in mm-hmm. Williamsburg. No. They had no. shows there and stuff, but it closed. But... Um, it's a good venue. Surprise. But they, oh. <laughs> they, these guys were in that band, and then they had this guy, Jafet, come be their drummer. And Jafet uh, is connected. He's in TV on the radio now. He's the drummer okay. for them. And so he connect. Uh, wait, what's, what am I saying? Anyway, I don't know. They were just so <laughs> awesome. And so we like went on this tour with them and played all these shows. And, uh, it was it was great. It How was wide awesome. was the tour? Small, just East Coast. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and it was it was great. They were the the Death Set was the first band that I actually like went into any kind of pit and like threshed and moshed. Oh, tell us about that. How did you how'd you get in there? What uh, made you go in there? Everything. I would I think I would just like I, well I would I felt comfortable in those spaces because like I was a part of the show. And I, at that time, like, I would always, like, drink a lot after the show. So I'd be, like, drunk and, like, having fun and partying. And I'm like, whoa, this is great. And (laughs) I love their music so much. It's, like, punk, thrashy, just. But they have this one song called Slap, Slap, Slap. Slap, 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 pound, up, down, slap. And it's it's a handshake, but it's a song. Oh, that's And it's the best fun. song in the world. It's like, slap, 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 pound, up, down, slap. Slap, 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 pound, up, down, slap. And you just go in there and like, <laughs> and that's how. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I always feel like the pit does choose you, though. It does. Yeah. It brings you in when, you, when you're ready. So that you were chosen. I was chosen. I'm trying to think if I ever went in. I mean, all the, all shows like that from that era, like there is a rapper called Spank Rock who is also from Philly. Mm-hmm. And that some, same kind of scene. Some, sorry, I just have to pause for one second. You, there's some really great rapper names that you've said on this uh the, this recording. What is that? What's that? Spankrock. Spankrock. Yes. And he 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 would that. do a lot of shows. And same thing. Like he he's a rapper, but he's he's kind of more now like Prince, even towards like the R and B side. Mm-hmm. But like he was like down and dirty in the punk world. And his his shows were fun to like jump in and do that with too. There's a uh, rap group called Sergeant Sass. R.I.P. from Philly. They were the best. They were another that I would like jump in there and thrash around. They were gay rappers who just were the best. I I love them so much. And they were funny and sassy. And like you would just jump in and yeah, thrash around. So so did we ever – so I know that we were talking about um, when you were in Brooklyn and you played there. But what about the Peaches? Oh, Peaches was in Philly. We did Peaches at the TLA. That was so, yeah, that was another thrash. That was awesome. That was, that was one of my favorite shows ever. Um, Who was on that show? Spank Rock. And he, well, he is best friends with Amanda Blank and Amanda was touring with her at the time. And so he would come out to whenever he was around Mm -hmm. and come out with her and they had a couple songs together. 
And that was really awesome. The TLA. <laughs> it was so fun to play the TLA. We played the TLA a bunch, opening for people. We played with, like, Marina and the Diamonds there. Do you know who they are? They're, um, uh, I don't think so. She, this girl, Marina, ha, she sings. Uh, she must be opera trained because when she sings, it's, no like, really beautiful. For yeah, that. I did not do air <laughs> quotes <laughs> this time. I did not do air quotes because you hear this bitch sing and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing singer, but she's awesome. And she is from, I forget where she's from. It's not the U.S. I want to say... She's not from the UK. Oh, maybe she's from, like, Wales. Maybe she is from the UK or Scotland. I don't know. But anyway, playing with her was cool. But it was weird because her, I think we're, like, our music was thrashy and mm-hmm. her and hers was, like, I think a little more mellow and poppy. And I don't, I don't, we didn't have a lot of, I remember we played to, like, nobody on that show. I was like, <laughs> where are all the people? They didn't come <laughs> to see the opener. <laughs> they, their fans were not, sometimes, like, our our fans would align with the show that people we would open for. And so it would be really fun. They would come early. But if we got, if we played with the band that like their fans didn't really know us, then it would be like, yeah, we played to once at the Mercury lounge to like six people. They booked us on a headliner show and we were so excited. We were like, yeah, we're going to headline the Mercury lounge. It's going to be great. It was like a Tuesday night Mm -hmm. and we played with a band called the Shalitas. I can't believe I remember all this. (laughs) <laughs> and there was nobody there, and that was sad. We played so many shows to, like, two people, and we played so many shows to 2,000 people. So, like, the eventually, after doing it for so many times, the experience would, like, always be the same. I would always be a little bummed if we played to two people, but... Because it was, I don't know, it was so fun to, like, gate watch people <laughs> yeah. and, like, see if they like it. They always liked it because our band was so fun. <laughs> you guys are fun. I'm not even going to say was, are. are. But I think one of the things that you know, we talk about and we try and do a lot is when we are seeing, and you especially, and I'm pointing at Hobbs does this, whenever we're, we, like, have tickets to see a show, we always look and see who the opener is. Oh, and to be like, time. And because there have been many, many times that we've gone, like, specifically to see, I mean, sometimes we've gone to see the opener because that's just what we want to yeah. see. And But there have been other times where we go and we just go early and we see the opener and they blow the headliner out of the water. And so that's only happened a couple of times, but we found a lot of really good music from that, from just going a little bit early and yeah. seeing who else is paired with these other bands that we like. So I guess that kind of gets to, like, what was some of the shows that you've gone to that maybe you've had that experience that, you know, you were going to see, you know, was it an NSYNC or Britney Spears show? Or, or was it one of the ones when you start, when you moved up to FIT and you started going to the shows in Brooklyn and you were seeing all these bands and... They they either inspired you or you were just in all of them or it was one of those, oh, that's me moments. Like, is there one in particular that stands out? No, probably not one in particular. I feel like collectively they all just, it was always like, I would see one and be like, yeah. I would see another one and be like, yeah. So each time I would go see a show, it would like build a little more that like, I was like, oh yeah, that's me too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would be like collecting little pieces of information. I would like look at if it was in sync and Britney, I wasn't really thinking that I would, I didn't know as much as I knew like five years later about creating something like that, but I would look at it and I would look at like their outfits and then mm-hmm. I would look at their band and I would look at the stage setup and I would look at the shapes and I would be like, Oh, information. But I think <laughs> oh, this is all information. Yeah. I don't know yet for what, but when I, yeah, I do remember one show in, um, it was, 
probably in 2001 or 2002. It was in Union Square, and it was the White Stripes, and it was before they really blew up. They played this free show. They were popular at the time because there was, like, thousands of people there, Mm -hmm. but I got to go, like, in the front, and that was so awesome that I was like, oh, I, I, like, have to do that, what they're doing. Yeah. And then seeing the yeah, yeah, yeah so many times. I was, like, totally in awe watching them. Yeah. I've still never seen them. It's something that it, it, it bothers me because I, I don't listen to them as much now, but when they first came out, like, early 2000s, right? Yeah. Like, I listened to that. The, their, I guess it was their first album quite a bit and loved yeah. it. And then I've never seen them. Tell us more about the influence yes. of Madam Karen O. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I would just watch her and be like, oh, <laughs> she's so cool but i would see them in small ass places like they played cbgb's once and i remember like r.i.p i know our r.i.p uh, so i saw them at pianos before i've seen them at the mercury lounge like i've only seen them until they got bigger because yeah. i went and saw them at electric factory in philly when they were huge i like bought a ticket and went and was like whoa this show is so cool they, um, yeah, I would say watching the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs was totally inspiring because she was, like, I wanted to do what she did because she wasn't singing, like, I always knew that I was a singer, but I don't sing, like, classically, like, what you might think an awesome singer would sound like. Mm-hmm. Like, I scream and I do weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I watched Karen O and be like, Oh, she screams. Oh, and she does weird stuff. Oh, and she doesn't try to sing like a pop star. She's a freak. And she would like wear these weird ass like trash bag outfits. And I was, but like real, but she still looked fucking awesome. And she would have like sequins and like whatever, just looking like blood all over her body. And I'm like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's great. That I've just felt like, oh yeah, that thing. I I know that, but like yeah. you don't. I never saw anything like that before. Like I never saw stuff like in high school or younger that was like just so like wild and free and like I think just yeah. so absolutely like female goddess. Like the <laughs> things that I was taught what a female goddess was, but then when once I started to like see goddesses performing i'm like they fucking lied (laughs) they told me what was a goddess and they were lying who else is on that list of like goddess yeah like peaches karen o um i would say any uh oh this oh scissor sisters animatronic Uh i love the scissor sisters so much anna watching like the girl in that band (laughs) um who uh, like even watching like Emily Haynes from Metric like uh-huh. she's a little less like crazy but like I loved wa- even seeing Be- I've seen Beyonce perform and she looks like a f- witch and I'm like she is a beautiful goddess witch that is not what I was taught <laughs> was like the f- when I was little and like in high school I was always taught that like girls are supposed to be pretty polite all those things that we yeah. get conditioned upon us to try to fit in and proper, like put together, proper, like don't fart, yeah. don't pick your nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do all of those things because that's what a goddess would do. She would fart <laughs> and she would pick her nose. Literally fart all the time. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so 
yeah, that like I think it like seeing these like beastly women like uh, is what inspired me because I knew that I was a beastly woman and I was like not letting myself like letting out my full potential. And I think there's like a lot of power in letting out your wild beast. And we're just told left and right to keep the beast in. And I'm like, no, bitch, I'm not keeping my beast in. I'm letting <laughs> Let the beast, beast out. out. Yes. The beast is great. Like, the beast is so powerful. The beast is so beautiful. The b- dirty ass fucking hair all over your face and sweat and your makeup and your black eyeliner ran all the way into your nose. And your, <laughs> your eyelashes fell off and went into your ear and you look like shit. And that's fucking cool. Like, that is a goddess. I so, couldn't agree more. <laughs> when I, you see that, you're like, oh, that is somebody, like, living and enjoying and loving their life so much. And what is the opposite of that, which is what I was always taught, is that, like, you know, um, just like being proper, wearing clothes that like aren't. Oh, I was wearing always, clothes. Period. <laughs> wearing clothes in general. I was always social, wearing clothes are a social contract. <laughs> like I always wanted to wear wild ass outfits, and I can't tell you how many times I've been told to like by anybody to like that outfit is too weird or too crazy. Or in the high school, I used to love wearing like the craziest outfits and. Sometimes they would say no. And these days, these days, <laughs> T-H-E-Y apostrophe S, the they's saying no, like suck my dick. Like I can do whatever I want. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And like who are the they? Like it's such a, like they is such a fake news. And when I'm saying they, I'm talking about the people telling you like what you need to like close off a little bit. Because like people at their fullest expression are wonderful. And mm-hmm. they want, you know, if you're a girl, they want you to be like, like, you know, don't eat too much. You got to stay skinny. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm eating a cake today for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I can be a boss. I'm a boss. Like, yeah. Cake See, three meals a day. Eyelashes on your ear. Right? It. Like, you, yeah, let, let it all out. And so anyway, I was fine. I found that in watching these goddesses. And I'm like, oh, Oh my god, I'm like so misled by the goddamn fucking patriarchy. So misled. And so like when I saw the stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to let the beast out immediately. And so immediately we like started doing it and it was so wonderful. And like going to shows and like watching so many bands, so many bands. It was just like over and over and over again, it doesn't matter what the genre is. You will, whenever you see a crowd of people like looking up and like watching somebody that they adore play music, it like speaks on a soul level. So like the soul is recognizing the soul. And when you do it in community with like a lot of people that raises the vibration and music is a high vibration too. So when you're in a space with these vibrations that are that high, that is like the way to live. Like we should get to live like that all the time. Yeah. A human beings life should be <laughs> on that vibration, but we fucked it up somehow by like setting rules and laws and th- the <laughs> motherfucking patriarchy took over. And like, luckily it's <laughs> by Felicia because <laughs> the patriarchy is just funny now. Like, yeah, it's going down big time. So, yeah, I guess 
um, I found out feminism through playing in this band. I never yeah. thought for a second about being a feminist before, like, experiencing music. And then as I got into it for a few years, learning about, like, you know, doing interviews for newspapers, getting asked, like, dumb questions compared <laughs> to, like, questions that they should be asking. Or, like, reading people writing about us, t- talking about, like, how hot or not we were. And it's like, oh, my God, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you writing that? Did that and did reading those things ever bother you, or did you feel like that made you stronger? Because you're like, well, these other you know goddesses uh, are doing this thing, and I'm sure that they've gone through this too. And people, you know, people have an opinions about everything, right? And mm-hmm. some of, I mean, I, I don't even know what I would do if somebody like say if this thing ever took off and people started writing about us. I don't know how I would handle that. I don't know if I would like channel that into like, all right, well, that's fuck that person. I'm going to do what I want anyway. Some passion about it. Or if I'd be like, oh, like, you don't like it. I Why? think like the first time you would hear it, you'd be like, oh, why don't they like me? But then after a while, you just realize that like it's more statement about them than you. So like if somebody writes something like that, that's like completely off track. And if it's like rude or mean or whatever, well, that's just shows that you're the asshole. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm over true. here living my best life, yeah, like Jill true. Scott. It'd be it'd be difficult because you want to make friends with everybody. I do yeah, want to make friends with everybody. Like, Fuck them. Yeah, well, you, yeah, yeah. you, you know, you don't well, need. I want them to be like, oh, what yeah. can I do? How can I? Like, no, no. Well, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, don't fuck them. <laughs> they don't. You don't need them as a friend if they're gonna yeah. be like that. But, know, but yeah, she's was, right. It, and make friends with everybody. Try to anyway. But if you read it and it was some random person, you won't care. You might. I used to laugh because it would be so. People would write, we were kind of silly band, so we always had, like, silly stuff written in, too. Yeah. And so I'd always laugh. But, like, one time somebody said something really gross, like, on a YouTube video or something. They, w- they would say gross stuff on YouTube comments. It would be like, I'm going to fuck that one on the left. <laughs> and I would be like, ew, who are you? Oh, my God. Like, where's the police? Yeah. Like, I need a bodyguard. <laughs> That kind of stuff was, like, really gross. Yeah. I think anybody mm-hmm. who ever puts anything on the internet will always have, like, comments, good or bad. But I used to really, like, as a 23, 24-year-old, 25-year-old, I would be, like, really excited about, like, press. I would, like, we used to get a lot of press, and I would be, like, constantly, like, reading all the things and being like, oh, my God, who likes me? And, like, if somebody wrote, like, a nice article about me, I would, like, try to befriend them in real life. And that was... That that was fine, but it doesn't ultimately matter. But like, um, I think if somebody says mean stuff, then it's like, yeah, I don't know that I really cared. I don't <laughs> think not. Nobody ever was able to like affect our. It was just such a strong spirited thing that mm. like, we would be the only ones that could like de- destruct it. Yeah, which ultimately that did happen. We had some like yeah. interpersonal issues. And, um, you know, Tim had to move halfway across the country from us. Oh, <laughs> I'm Aww. just kidding. It wasn't like he wasn't like, I got to get away from you. His circumstances aligned in that way. Uh, but he he needed some space from this band. So sadly, that happened. Yeah, because you have to think him and Nicole were engaged for seven years. They broke up. We stayed in the band. They became friends. They figured out how to be in a band together. They became very close friends. And then, you know, they started dating other people. And, like, yeah, that would be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to just live your life, too. And so 
that's where their li- the life went. Yeah. And I don't really go to shows that much anymore. So, like, since we don't play anymore, it's, like, too sad for me. I saw, I went to a, sh- what show did I go to? Like, I saw friends and bands, and I try to support, but, like, I will watch them and be like, oh, I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at them trying. Great <laughs> Good job. I would be sad. I would be like, I want to do it. I miss it. And we, me and Jacqueline played with a band. We played with, oh, Schooly D. We played with, he's, like, a mm-hmm. big Philly, he's actually, like, a rapper, but we we played a thing with him. I think it was a fundraiser of some sort. I don't even remember. But we, like, played some Beastie Boy songs together. Oh, fun. That, fun. <laughs> that does sound like fun. Yeah. And then we played, there's, uh, my friend Martha has a band called Red 40 in Philly, and we played a New Year's show with her where we play, she just had her band play some gang songs, and me and Jacqueline played, and nice. that was fun. Um, but yeah, there's nothing like watching a band that you just love so much. And, uh, so wait, so we, speaking of that, we haven't gotten to when you played with the B-52s yet oh. and how that, cause they obviously were influential for you. Did yeah. you ever see them perform live before? Mm. Or, oh man, it was your first experience watching them actually. I, I think it was, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was. I mean, I was so familiar with them. Like, maybe, yeah, I guess it probably was, because I don't know when I would have seen them. But, you know, That's I was, awesome. like, so familiar with, like, you know, I would, like, watch them on YouTube all the time. I, like, knew every performance that was, like, put on the internet ever. I knew, like, what their choreography was. Mm. I listened to every interview they ever had. And um, they're just so phenomenal. So, yeah, I think that was the first time and that was like the best day of my life I told somebody it was the best day of my life and they were like really that was the best day of your whole life (laughs) I'm like yes bitch (laughs) like have you ever like said that you're gonna set out to do something that seems so impossible so impossible and then it actually clicks and comes true and is like the best day ever and nothing is fucked up about it it's just magical that is the best day. Like, I hope to have many more, but like, that was one of the best days. It was so cool. My friend, the booker of the electric factory was a friend of Tim's because Tim in our band had another band before us called town hall and they were, got very popular and they had like, were on a record label and they, they had agents and they were doing tours with like Leonard Skinnerd and bands like that. Oh, wow. So he had relationships too with like, bookers and stuff and so the guy who books the electric factory their company knew tim and then they knew us a little bit and we played shows on their smaller venues and then when everybody knew that we were like the b-52s band and so when they came (laughs) to philly they were like how would you guys like to open and we were like thank you like we've been waiting for this day forever and it was the most magical day how how many years into being a band did that happen probably three or four wow. i want to say maybe that's a, three that's pretty yeah not bad yeah. no not bad at all i think it might have been four and i have like friend... butterflies for you i'm excited to hear <gasps> oh my like, gosh what? yeah so then what happened well my friend mark Dahl was like kind of acting as our stylist at the time he was he came and like he had he would do our hair he would do like wigs and shit and makeup and make our outfits awesome and i was like what am i gonna wear and like i found this my friend found a dress for me. She was like, hey, I found this dress at a thrift store. It was $5. I'm going to give it to you. I think you should use it. 
And I, it was cool. It was like black and had like beads all over it. But then Mark, the wonderful stylist, was like, give me that dress. I am <laughs> taking it and I am embezzling it with like all the rhinestones and gemstones in the world. So he went and put like all these freaking just blings all over it <laughs> and made it perfect. And then we used to do our like he would he did our hair and he would like tease it up. So it would be like a, a Albert Einstein hair and <laughs> Jacqueline and Nicole, too, and. We coordinated our outfits. We rehearsed, I believe, during the day that day. And we loaded in. And I remember load-in was early. They they do it early at the big places. And so we had to get there at, like, 12 or 1 or something. And we loaded in, and they were loading in, too. And so I was like, oh, my God, it's Kate Pearson right there! (laughs) And we met them. And I met Kate first. And Cindy, she's the blonde one, we met the girls first. And then Fred came out. And I was like, oh, Fred! <laughs> and he only wanted to talk to Mark, because Mark oh. is like the gay male and male man. The gay male man. <laughs> he wanted the gay male man. He didn't want us. So he was, t- and Mark is like very sexy, and you know, he was wearing okay. a blinged out gang shirt. We used to have shirts that, well, I guess we still have them, and they said G-A-N-G, and Mark would take them and fill in the G's with, like, Swarovski crystals. <laughs> so he was, like, wearing that, or not just the G's, the whole letters. And so Fred and Mark were bonding. I think, you know, I tried to, like, talk to Fred, and he was like, hi. And he just, like, only wanted Mark. But Kate Pearson gave us all this stuff out of the dressing room because they just put so many things in their room. And she's like, do you want these? And she gave me this thing of, like, red roses. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I hung them when they dra- when they died. They're, like, in my house, like, hanging from the wall. Aww. So they will stay there forever. Yes. They gave us wine. They gave us all the stuff. So we played, and um, we covered their song, Dance This Mess Around. And I watched them watch us singing oh. their song. And it was like, oh, Life is so cool. Yeah. Life is so cool. <laughs> How could this ever happen? Life is so fucking cool. So I got to see that. I think they gave us hugs. Um, I drank so much, so much alcohol. <laughs> Watch them. like, And this show was so like big for us that like all of our family came because they knew how much it was. So like yeah. I had aunts there and my aunt's friends and... My my fun Aunt Susie was there. My brothers, my parents were there. My, like, friends and their kids and their parents. Because I think it was... Was it all... No, it wasn't all ages. I feel like I remember there being, like, young people there. I don't know. But, uh... And then I watched them play, and that was, like, fascinating. Did you so watch them cool. from the crowd, or did you watch them from the side? I watched from the side, but then I went into the crowd to see it, because I was watching on the side, and I remember I looked down, and I saw, like, a bunch of my people right in the front, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go in the front. And uh, when it was over, we had all this merch, and I s- signed autographs for, like, two hours. People were, like, wanting autographs, and there was, like, huge line, and that's not something I was used to. If somebody ever got... Maybe on bigger shows, sometimes people would ask for autographs, but this one was, like, all the people. And I'm, like, signing things. And I'm, like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, it was all over. Go home. Probably, like, midnight. I had to go to sleep because I had to work at my day job the next day. And so Uh I wake up at 7 a.m. I go to my job, and it's, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I'm, like, how do I go from, like, signing autographs for, like, a couple hundred people to like working at this day job 
Oh my God. It was so weird. (laughs) And I have, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I've listened to like other band people say this because like a lot of musicians like have day jobs and they'll talk about this. They're like, yeah, you go from like having this like crazy experience and then you go to your day job the next day and it's incredibly humbling because you're like, oh, uh, I worked somewhere. (laughs) 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 Oh, I work somewhere. (laughs) Uh, So that was yeah, that was just amazing that, I mean, it really was the best. It was so magical. Like even like the load in and like Brian, the guy who booked the show Mm -hmm. from a company was like, Hey guys, congratulations. Like really proud of you. And I think that was a moment where we were like, Oh my God, we're going to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, some fun stuff happened. We played with little Kim in Baltimore. Oh, that was incredible. (laughs) They were a tough crowd. Yeah. I knew this happened, but I don't know the story or anything. And how was she? Did she? She was really nice. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. She was so nice. But the crowd was, like, so confused watching us. Like, why? What are they doing? We're here for <laughs> little Kim. Um, but that was fun. The booker for that show was my friend Emily Rabbit. And she was the, at the time, uh, I think she was the manager of the band The Death Set. I think she managed them. But she lived in Baltimore. And so she booked these clubs in Baltimore and she booked Sonar, RIP. Sonar has closed like all the other ones. Uh. (laughs) Um, And when Little Kim happened, I think I reached out to her. I think I saw the show on their bill and I, yeah, I did. I saw it and there was like no opener. And so I just emailed her or texted her or something. It was like, hey, can we open for that show? And she was like, oh, uh, yeah, (laughs) that would be cool. (laughs) So that we went to Baltimore for the just day, I think we went home after. I don't think we stayed over. Um, and this guy, Joe, from the studio that Tim worked at, he came to be our roadie to, like, help us with equipment and stuff. And he ended up being my roommate, oh. like, years after that. He moved in and was my roommate for many years. He moved out recently, sadly, but he was a good roommate. But he came, and we got there. That was another early load-in. None of the rappers or rap crew people came until their time to play like they did not come to set up early they're deep like i noticed that like certain rap people are divas Hmm. they don't come early they like if they're like of a certain like level Mm. they're like no they like show up like little kim showed up in a tour bus stayed on it until like whatever time she was supposed to come out and play Mm. but she was very nice she um we met her and she's teeny tiny and she she did not look like the little kim that i knew from the cover of what was that CD called? Uh, the one uh, from high school. Yes, yes, yes. It's hardcore, hardcore, hardcore. hardcore. It. Yes. It's like pink, and she's like, and she's like on the bed. Yeah, right? isn't she on a bed or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great album. That's who I thought I was meeting. Yeah, and like in walks in this completely altered she, plastic. She looks search. like a lion she, now. She, look, she is altered. She does not look no. like that little Kim. So I, I was like, is that little Kim? But she had, you knew it was her because she was wearing stilettos that were, like, this big. And, and she two, was still yay tall. She was teeny like tiny with, hip. like, two feet stilettos. And she had on, like, really sexy, like, bling-bling outfit. She's like, big boobs and big hair and a completely altered face. <laughs> I was like, are you little Kim? <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> I don't know what I, I said. wish that would be it. Is that you? Oh, my God. I hope I said that. I don't remember. <laughs> I hope I, you did, too. Uh, I think I was drinking a lot that night. Yeah. I don't remember. But she had me and Jacqueline come on stage for her what she was <laughs> doing. All her songs were medleys. And so she would do, like, 
uh, she would do a song and it would go into another song. And I don't know why, but when she played Magic Stick, I got the magic stick. I know if I can hit once, I can hit twice. I am the baddest bitch. Won't you da 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 and come with me tonight? And I'll give you magic. What? What? Magic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got the magic stick. Lil' Kim, not a hoe. That one. She made us come on stage. <laughs> so we came on stage, and she did the medley, and went into some other ones, and we just stood there and danced. I think there were several others on stage she, did you know that you were going to go on stage when, or was she just like, you're coming now? And, or Yeah, she was like, you're coming now. Oh. And we were like, okay. <laughs> I, I was probably so drunk because like always, I would always drink like so much after playing because it was so fun. Um, <laughs> like, woo, I'm wasted. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, whatever. It, it is what it is. I drink a lot when I just go to shows and I'm not even performing because yeah, it's too. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so it's just fun. Yeah, if you fun. like drinking. If you don't like drinking, that's fun too. Yeah. But I like to drink a lot after <laughs> or during. <laughs> um, and before. Uh, I stopped drinking. I used to, we used to not drink ever before shows. And then I started drinking and then, you know, you like start a little bit and then you, I started drinking a lot before one time we played at this place, Danger Danger, in Philly. Do you remember Danger Danger? They, oh, Danger Danger, R.I.P. All the good ones All are gone. All the good ones. They were like a death by audio. Do you remember death by audio? Yeah. It was like the affiliate in Philly. Oh, okay. So, R.I.P. Yeah. Another <laughs> one gone. Um, but Danger Danger was this uh, awesome, awesome. It started out as a big, giant house, and they would book like five or six bands on a bill and you would play in different rooms of the house and the people would just walk through the house. It was so fucking cool. Then they got evicted from the house. The people who were <laughs> running it. <Surprise>. They were <laughs> And they moved into another space and it had a basement and it was like an art gallery and it was another house, but like the front room was like a gallery and that's where a band would play and another band would play in the basement. And one time at danger danger, I got so drunk before the show that I was fucking up a song and I was like singing it. And Jacqueline's looking at me trying to like <laughs> lip sync the words. And she's like, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I look at Tim and Tim's like hitting the drums, like trying to get me back. And I'm like, oh, God. OK, I have to never drink before a show again. Luckily, that was like an OK place to like have a shitty experience like that because nobody cares. Everybody yeah. else is like so wasted there. But like after that, I was like, OK. Don't fuck it up. So I would like drink <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes when we do this, we drink a little bit. Like you're having a drink now. I just didn't. I, I drank the other night and my stomach hurt. So I'm just on, on the mend right now. But like sometimes it loosens up. And then other times I find that I just say really stupid shit that when I'm going through <laughs> an editing, I'm like, what was I talking about? I ranted about something that made no sense for way, way, way too long. <laughs> and I tend to rant anyway about shit. And I was just like, whoa. So I was like, maybe... You know, sometimes that makes for a good chat, and sometimes it makes just for, like, a complete, utter mess. So I can relate to you on, on a way smaller scale. Yeah. Because we, we have our seven listeners. We might be up to nine now. Ooh. Who knows? Let's not get caught. <laughs> <laughs> we have eight. Eight. Spotify gave us one more, we'll say. So we yes. Nice. Yeah. Wait, is it me following or us? Because that might know, be by one of us saying, oh, I should follow this. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was just fun. Oh, man. Yeah. 
what else can we talk about? There's so many great bands that are now no longer bands anymore. And like all these bands that I just remember watching like forever, all these shows. And I would follow every single band I ever met that I liked. I would like follow them on social media, which would have been MySpace only at that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So on my, we didn't even call MySpace social media. You just called it MySpace. MySpace. So like follow them on MySpace. I would like friend the members. I would like stay connected to like the individuals and I would follow them and see where they were touring and where they were playing and book shows with them, like in different cities. And there were so many of them and they're all gone. Like nobody's in bands anymore. It's such a hard way of life to sustain. It's, like, the ones that, like, stay and, like, really make a shitload of money. And you never make a shitload of money, by the way. Like, you, they, they'll get paid a shitload of money, and then they have to pay so many people out of that. So, like, agent, you know, a booking agent is paid, a manager is paid, a tour manager is paid. All these people are paid. So, like, these guys who are out there, like, in the bands that, like, we all know and love so much, like, way to stick around in that life. Because touring is not easy. You know, it's hard if you have a family, you have to, like, be away from them. I know a lot of people with kids can still do it, and, like, that's hard. So kudos to all of them out there. All the listeners who are the band members (laughs) are still doing it. Good for you. It's awesome, and it could be difficult, but it is so fun. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things about – because I've been to more than one of your shows. I know I went to one in Brooklyn. I know I definitely went to one in Philly. And listening to you guys on an album is fun and energetic, but seeing you guys. Yeah. Because it it was – and we we talk about this a lot, too. It's like going to a show is – you connect in a different way than you do with just listening to it. But you guys were like – explosive on stage you never yes. knew what you were gonna get and it was really fun and I feel like a lot of it yeah and it makes like, my heart so happy yeah and it was great and it was fun and I feel like that's what a lot of bands that like that are still around now and what they're doing it's like yes like get up and go and see them because you know you may look at them and idolize them like oh you're on stage and you're performing and this is your life but it is hard and they are putting it all out there you know and they're still doing it like week after week and day after day and keeping up with it and it's just it's so awesome and I just love live music so much and I just love music so much (sighs) oh here's another thought for listeners (laughs) listeners do not text your friends and bands asking for free tickets Pay a full price ticket when you go to see a show. Do not text the members and don't go from one member who says no for a free ticket to the next. Don't ask them. People in bands only get a certain number of comps and they need to use those comps for really specific purposes. They need to use them for press. They need to use them for like... Uh, people on their team they need to use them for whatever reason if you haven't been offered a comp to a show please do not ask the band for a free ticket that is so utterly annoying and disrespectful I just have to say I remember every show we would ever play I would get like 1500 text messages it would be a show that was like six dollars and it would be somebody like oh I can't afford it can you put me on the list can you put me on the list and I'm like you can't afford six dollars well neither can I so no I can't put you on the list <laughs> like, if yeah. you want me to keep playing buy a ticket yeah, so everyone like, knows that I can draw and the, then I can play better places yes <laughs> it's you know band members and musicians and bands that you love or that you may grow to love in the future they need those numbers to be up they need people paying for tickets they need to prove to bookers that they can get an audience into that venue and they need to be paid 
Um, same thing with like bands merch. You have to pay for it because band people do not make a lot of money. So <laughs> if you want to support music and live music and recorded music, you cannot ask these artists to give that stuff away for free. Just think about it. If it was whatever you do in your life, just think if all these people are asking you for it for free, you're going to say no because it's not fair. And you know, you want to, if you really love these bands, you got to support them. And sometimes you have to support them with money. Yeah. Otherwise it becomes nearly, nearly impossible for them to get ahead. I'm not saying like go all capitalist and like, you know, try to like make a business model out of your finances for your music budget. (laughs) But what I am saying is that really try as hard as you can not to ask people for free tickets. Please just pay for the ticket. They're usually cheap. You can probably afford it. Even if it's a $20 ticket, I'm sure that somewhere in your budget, you can like not buy coffee a couple times or not buy a couple of drinks, like pay for tickets. <laughs> yeah. And, and also get up and go and support them too. Yeah. Especially since so much stuff is streaming and people yeah. just don't buy stuff anymore. Like the tickets are more important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not making any money and it's difficult to maintain that kind of life. And like people in bands are doing it like they're doing it for themselves and they're also doing it for fans like people that love music that's it's a circular thing like the whole live music experience is not it's not individual at all it's a collective experience that's a give and take and there's a flow happening and you can't have live music without the audience i mean you could but that's sucks (laughs) (laughs) like why (laughs) yeah i'm when the audience is there there's a flow happening and that that is an important it's like a spiritual practice really because like i said before namaste like the light and teacher in your own soul is seeing the light in that other person up there on stage's soul and you guys are just reflecting it back and forth and that reflection is love which is the highest vibration and when you do it in community you are all lifting yourselves up what a beautiful experience mm-hmm. it's like one of the best things that you can do like find the music that you love if you are somebody who says you don't like music i truly believe that just means you haven't found like the type of music that you love Agree. And there's all kinds of music. There's so much. So much. There really is. And I've, like, I mean, I feel like I say, like, oh, I like everything. And, you know, I'll listen to whatever. But then there are certain things that, like, I'm not really into, you know. And there are certain things I haven't even been exposed to yet. But I think as I get older, I think when I was younger, I was pretty much just like, I like this and I like that and that is it. And then I went to college. Because, like, how we grew up, there was a yeah. lot of rap. There was like alternative, you know, yeah, radio yeah, alternative, so. but radio it was, it was a lot of rap and it was a lot of pop, you yeah. know? And then I went down to Philly and I went to school down there and I met this one. I'm pointing at hops. Did you go Woo! to Moore? Huh? Did you go? Wait, did you go to Moore? No, we went to Philadelphia University. Oh, you went to Philadelphia yeah. University. Yeah. Cool. And then Which is now absorbed by Jefferson. Jefferson. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson? Yeah. It's now, was it Jefferson East Falls? I think what? it was Jefferson Philadelphia University or... Something. I did not no, know they're, that. They're they totally absorbed. That was like uh, a co-brand for like the first uh, year. Oh, now it's like Jefferson East Falls, I think. A couple of years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I did not know, know that. that. Yeah, me either. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was such a great school. Should have that record state, that 
radio station when I had the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Assholes. But yeah, I mean, like how you were saying when you came up to Brooklyn and you kind of got exposed and you were going to a lot of little shows and getting, you know, seeing all these types of bands that you hadn't seen before. That's what I started doing with Hops in Philly. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, like she started being like, hey, you want to go to this show on a Thursday? I'm like, yeah. So we would go to the church and we would go to, you know, the truck or we would, you know, I think we went to, I don't, I think I went to Barbary, but not with you or, you know, wherever. Like we would just go to all these little shows and that's how I realized like, wow, there's so much music out there that I didn't so even much. know. Yeah. And it was things that I had like heard. Um I always reference back to seeing the movie Mad Love, and I don't know if either one of you guys remember this. Is Drew Barrymore in that movie? Yes. Yeah. And I remember buying the soundtrack because I love this one band in particular, and they were called Seven Year Bitch, and I was like, this music is amazing. But I didn't even know that I could buy their album. I just knew that they were on the soundtrack, and I thought that's the only way I could get them because I was that naive at the time that I didn't even think of, oh, I should look for their album and buy that. I was like, no, I'll just buy the soundtrack because they're on it. Oh, yeah. So I know these two songs and I loved it. And then I started um, hanging out with Hops a lot and I was hanging out with this girl Marie a lot too and they were kind of, they were into not not that type of music, not like girl punk or pop punk or whatever, but like they were, it was it was more underground and indie stuff and hardcore and and I remember being like, oh, this is where it all is. Like, I found it, you know, and that's how I found my my love. And I kind of still stick with that. And I like a lot of other genres, too. But if I hadn't moved down to the city and been exposed to that and started hanging out, like, I never would have known. So I think that just goes back to, you know, people who say they don't like music. Maybe they just haven't found it because yeah. they aren't in the they weren't in the place where it was exposed to them. You know, it could be. Zydeco music, go down to New Orleans, hang out for a little bit. I mean, that shit is fun. Yeah. I didn't know what that was until I got down there. And every time I'm like sad, I'll put that on and just be like, boop, 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 boop. and you know, like I can't help but like kind of boogie around. And it's not my like, it's not my choice, my daily choice of music, but I love it, you know? And, and I think there's music for different emotions, obviously, mm. but for me, a weird one is when I listen to certain kind of like metal or heavy music, I'm relaxed where some people feel the opposite, you know? So maybe that was my, like, that's my sleep music when I'm tired <laughs> and I put that on and I just, cause it's so repetitive. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh but my it's gosh. like repetitive. So it's like comforting. And I just feel like there's so much out there that's so great. The double bass and just lulls you to sleep. I love the double <laughs> bass. You know that. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. But what about you? What's your... Oh, I don't know. This whole thing is just making me think about like going on the R5 production site and like going through all of yeah. the shows. And they used to put MP3s up of all the bands that played, and that's how oh, I yeah, knew what was going right. on. I would just like the same way you were just like on MySpace, like going that's through right. everything. I they would did. do that, and I would like bulk download everything and then listen to it and be like, I want to see this. I want to see this. I want to see this. I don't know about that. I can skip this one. This is really good. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> oh my so I would, like gosh. hold up residency at the church. <laughs> couple oh. days because everyone was playing over there yeah the church yeah. i think the first time i not ever... r.i.p no no yay we got one ip <laughs> yay, yay IP. IP. i don't know what that is but yay ip oh man that i was by there the other day just walking around just to just to walk by it the stairs still smell like puke even during the day <laughs> i just don't know like i mean they should just like it's power wash it or something yeah it's but exactly just same. power wash it yeah <laughs> they probably do it's just ingrained in there from all the all the many many punk shows they had in there but I learned a lot them. from R5's website because I didn't know what R5 was until I started playing shows and they would like reach out to book us. And I, I was like, yeah, 
And then as I got into the scene a little bit, I would start to go onto their website and really like if I didn't know a band, I'd go research them or I would listen to the MP3. And I feel like I got such an education just from the R5 website. They booked everything. Everything. All the cool shit was R5. Yeah. All of it. So good. They're There's... Still, yeah, they're still around. Mm-hmm. And they're doing Union Transfer now too, right? Aren't yeah. they the bookers I for that? So. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm not they sure. Were. I if they're Bowery not now, they extended were. into Philly too. Oh, okay, so yeah. maybe, maybe that's it now. But that's yeah. a sweet place. Yeah. Like when they opened up, we went there a couple of times. I think I've seen like three or Union four Transfer? shows there. Yeah. That's like a really neat spot. Mm. The setup mm-hmm. is cool. Um, yeah, I really like it. Do you think that there's... Do you think that, that you would ever play again? Like, do you think yeah. there's like a... Well, not not necessarily with gang, but just would you... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I've tried a couple of things that didn't actually work. Um, just meeting up with other people, playing around a little bit, and nothing clicked in yet. But, like, I'm open... Yeah. So if anybody's listening and you want to <laughs> play a little bit, I have some songs that we never recorded or half recorded that I would love to work on. <laughs> yeah. So we'll so say any eight of you <laughs> want to do anything in the uh, tri-state area. So anyway, back to music. <laughs> Well, it went there for whatever reason. Well, it's funny. Oh, what? Oh, I'm so glad I said that. I just remembered that the first song, I want to talk about the songs that we wrote as gang. They were often really silly and fun. But the first song, Rat Poison, that I was talking about earlier, that was a metaphor for the George W. Bush presidency. It was an anti-Bush song. And that we have a little section of the song that is spoken in Italian by the wonderful friend, Patrick Oh, my God. I don't know how to say her last name. (laughs) Chiarenza, I think, or Chiarenza. Well, anyway, she's like one of Jacqueline's best friends, and she speaks Italian. She's Italian. And she says a line, rat poison is world peace. And the rats to be poisoned was George W. Bush in the song. And so (laughs) rat poison, it comes from the center of the earth. When you're digging in a hole, you're digging down, down, down to China. Guess what you'll find? 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 You'll find rat poison. You'll find the piece. And that piece of rat poison is to smother the rat of George W. (laughs) And the last song that I wrote was Nasty Woman, which was an anti-Trump song. So I feel happy in my circle of anti-government songs not even anti-government really i'm just anti like the specific losers who are messing things up for the population yeah begin and end with yeah yeah, i mean so if we're going to bring other stuff full circle you said you got to cover the b-52s to the b-52s yes has anyone covered gang that you got to watch yes i forgot oh i want to mention too that once uh we played a couple of shows with the dead milkmen and one of them we did at um warsaw in brooklyn and uh rodney in that band uh he became like a friend of ours he's wonderful this guy rodney loves to like find bands in philly that like nobody knows and like lift them up and give them a platform he has a radio show on this wonderful radio station called Why Not Radio. It is an internet radio station run by this guy, Josh T. Landau, who used to work for Y100 and then Y Rock. And 
He started his own once that corporate shift happened, and it's called Why Not Radio, and it is the coolest radio station ever. And Rodney Anonymous from the Dead Milkman has a show on it, and he plays, like, all awesome Philly music that you never heard of. And oh, he, fun. like, talks about, like, why each thing is awesome. But he, the first time we played with him was at Warsaw, and he... <laughs> They, they did a cover of Rat Poison, and Rodney sang it. And I was standing there like, oh, my God, this is so cool. That is so cool. I wish I had a, a, um, a, a filmed version of it. If anybody out there is listening and you are at that show and you have that <laughs> on video, by God, send it to me. <laughs> I need it. Um, he, uh, what was I going to say about them? Then also they have a song called Punk Rock Girl that's like, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, I was so honored because he, for a couple of years, he was, when he would sing that song, he would change the lyrics to, um, da, 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 I met this girl. I think she sings in gang. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you said I met this girl. I think she sings in gang. And that, that is on a couple of recordings that are like out there. Cause I, Somebody told me, and I like watched a performance, and I was like, "Oh my god, wonderful! So that cool, is awesome!" So, if you are somebody out there who has a little switch or like a little twang of a spark of some kind of idea, like don't be afraid to do it. Figure out how to do it with your own resources. You don't need any money to do anything. You can make things for free. You can make it for cheap. If you do need money to make the thing happen, the money will come. You just got to start your idea and you got to find your community of people. You got to find, don't try to do anything by yourself. Always ask for help and your spark will turn into something alive. I promise. Do it. Start a band. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I love that. It's the way Mike Watt ends all his shows. Oh yeah. Oh, do you do you listen to them at all? Who is it? Minute Mike Watt. Well, oh no, I don't know. I don't know Minute I only know their name, but I don't know them. Yeah, when he when he plays, that's how he ends all his shows. He's like, start a band, start a band, <laughs> do it. There, there, you know, there's unlimited abundance in the universe. It is unlimited, and nothing is transactional. People will tell you it is. People will tell you that things are limited. People will tell you that you need money to do something. People will tell you. But, like, if you listen to yourself and you know something and you do have a spark to make something, trust your gut because you're going to be right. And those other people are going to be wrong. And then you're, you'll have a wonderful experience. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to create. Human beings are here to make shit. So make it. Make positive shit. Yeah. Don't make bad shit. No. Or like mean or nasty or negative mean. shit. Be Don't. nice. Yeah. Give nice. more hugs. And high five. Yeah. <laughs> and high, high five. five. <laughs> no. That is perfect. Yeah. And thank you for coming on and yes. sharing yes, all of, of your stories with us. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm and so happy to yeah. talk about this stuff. No, I'm very excited. This was super fun. Um, I think that we... Do you have any more questions? No, I think I think we covered everything that you sent in. 
Yay. Yeah. Yay. I didn't even pull out any notes from my phone. I just. It's amazing how the things just kind of like once you start going, yeah. it's just like, oh, and then this thing. Oh, and then that thing. That's why, you know, we have no limits. It just, you come in with a story and then we share it with our eight listeners. Hi, <laughs> eight listeners. Maybe it'll turn into 88. <gasps> oh, yeah, we hope so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. This is awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Tales from the Pit. You can find bonus content on our website, talesfromthepitpod.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Tales from the Pit Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, drop us a line at talesfromthepitpod at gmail.com. Yes, please.